0: Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into dating after divorce, a topic that we really have not covered very much, but we have the amazing Rob from wtfdivorce.com on our show. And we are going to talk about when are you ready to start dating after divorce, how to rebuild your confidence when dating after divorce, sex after divorce with someone new when it's probably been a while why the friend zone isn't the worst place to land after divorce and how you can escape it and how to end things respectfully when you're not feeling it instead of ghosting. Lots of things covered on this episode. So keep listening.
2: to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinras. And today we have a wonderful guest who is a father of three. He's also an ex-Vegas poker mm-hmm. champion. And he's most importantly, the founder of WTF Divorce. So I think we all have an idea of what that kind of means. But Rob, thanks for joining us today. And we're gonna get into this divorce stuff, right?
1: We need all the help we can get. So thanks for uh, having me on.
2: Yes. Well, Rob, thanks for joining us.
0: Well, I think you're fantastic. And last year you came on and gave a crash course to my audience about how to date after divorce. And you really gave some really crucial information to the guys that were a part of that crash course, which actually is still available if anybody wants to get access to it. It's in the members area of the Wing Girl Method website. And it's phenomenal because you really... And I want you to talk about it now. But you talked about your journey to overcoming divorce and then starting to date. And the essential piece that you talked about that I continue to share with other people was about rebuilding yourself, your social circle. And when those options weren't readily available to you, you actually created your own. So I'd love for the audience to hear a little bit about your journey from deciding to get divorced to you know, maybe even where you are now. But yeah, we'd love to hear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I gotta be honest, after I was divorced, the first videos I started watching were YouTube Wing Girl videos and I was putting Uh. them to use... So yeah, I was married for nine years, used to live in Vegas. I was a poker pro, not a champion, Kristen, just a professional. Oh,
2: you're a champion to me.
1: Champion in your book. Moved to the Atlanta area for my wife at the time's career. And two years later, with three young kids, got divorced. So it was like, holy shit, What is, uh, I'm 43 years old, seven, five, and two-year-old. This is happening. So my head was spinning a bit, but it was an amicable divorce, which as I've learned, is pretty unusual. But what I quickly found out is, like, after your divorce is signed, and you're out a bunch of money and you're just excited for it to be done, you're like, "Holy shit, I'm alone now." and well, I do. Just getting started, and as cliche as it is, what do most guys do right after they get divorced? We hop on the dating apps and yeah. try to find. Women to kind of fill that void that we appreciate being appreciated for once. But as you learn on the dating apps, you also realize you quickly have no idea what you're doing there. So you've got a lot of balls in the air and like trying to dive into dating, you're just going to go like headfirst into a wall. But that's how you learn things.
2: Yeah or lose your head or damage your brain. Just have complete brain damage. I swear online dating can give you brain damage.
1: It really can. Yeah, it's like I always say, it's like handing somebody like the keys to a Ferrari and being like, all right, go have fun. And these people may or may not be psychopaths. And you (laughs) probably haven't talked to... And if you're divorced too, you probably haven't talked to another woman in 20 years. So it's like, nobody knows what they're doing.
2: Well, I love the spin of the positivity of saying it's like a a Ferrari because really it seems so much like a broken down old school bus. <laughs> and you're trying to find the non-weird kids on the bus.
0: 100%. I totally agree with that. Maybe that leads into the question because I did want to talk about like how you got into doing your podcast. and like Because you also talked about creating these groups in Atlanta for yourself to meet others. But I think that that might be an interesting segue as well about like, How do you, after being divorced, like, how do you navigate choosing new people so that you don't end up choosing somebody similar to the past? Like, how do you navigate that? Or what did you do to navigate that?
1: Yeah, it's very hard, confusing. At first, you're looking for somebody that's like the opposite of your ex and you quickly realize that they might have a lot of problems, too. But yeah, I think, and we talked about it like on our last show that we did. It's like when you are divorced, a lot of that like craving is just connection. So, like, you're actually really just craving like somebody to hang out with. And especially for men, it's actually harder to find other guys than it is to find women. So, I think we also get kind of scrambled as to like, I just want somebody to talk to and hang out with. But now you're like combining that with dating. And I've heard from women that I would go on dates with. They're like, I am not your therapist. Do not come to me and dump all your stuff. But I think that's where I found it's very important. I think you could do it alongside dating, but like you need to find your people. And when you're divorced, a lot of it is like, you just broke up with... I moved out of my neighborhood. It was Mm -hmm. like, peace out, all my old neighbors at the bus stop. So now I need to find new friends. And you gotta get creative. And it's like as a guy, I haven't had to make new friends in twenty years since my old like high school and college buddies. So it's
0: and new single friends too, right?
1: Exactly. My married friends. Yeah they're locked up, you know, or they're like, hey, I'd love to go out with you, but I can't. I got baseball practice tonight. Yeah, in
0: like December, right? That's probably what they yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think finding divorced friends and making divorced friends, which is hard to do, and it's kind of why I found it online through Instagram, through places like Clubhouse, a group called Divorced Over 40 was already established. And they were like kind of a social meetup, not a dating thing, which again, everything is geared towards dating, but like, Finding people that like you're not trying to hook up with, or at least you're not supposed to be initially. Right. To at least just kind of like take the edge off, get grounded. And then, you know, once you have some kind of connections with people and friends, then try to figure out dating.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's what you did. So smart. So you tried online dating because I know that you went and tried to online date after three weeks, right? And started, oh, and, yeah. and it just like crashed and burned for you. You weren't ready for
1: it. That's funny. The first person I went out with, she's like, So how long have you been divorced? And I was like, Three weeks. And she just started laughing. Yeah, and she's really? like, How many kids do you have? I was like, Three. She's like, How old are they? I was like, Seven, five, and two. So it's just like, there's a lot happening at once. But I did wait till I was divorced to get on the apps, which hopefully people are doing. But I think men, they're just like, I don't have my kids for three days. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Hop right on the apps. And you're just like most guys are probably just swiping right way more than they should. And just excited when somebody writes back and then just like falling into like these really bad patterns and then getting kind of soured on the whole thing. But yeah, a lot of mistakes were made that I didn't even know until I like watch videos from you guys and you know, listen to podcasts about like how to have boundaries, what kind of lines to use, mm-hmm. things like that.
0: Do you think that most guys should go on there right away just to sort of have that experience? Or I mean, now that you've done it, what do you say, eh, don't do that. Focus on rebuilding your life first and then you're ready to start getting into the dating apps.
1: So that's what a lot of people say is wait till you're ready. And I think women especially do a lot better job of that. Like I heard women say, oh, I didn't even date for a year and a half. And I was like, what Mm -hmm. the hell were you doing? (laughs) I jumped right into it. I mean, I think like, I actually think you can date and work on yourself at the same time. I mean, it's hard, but I think like just being alone isn't really great too. So you just got to like... It's like a muscle. You got to like work it out because like you haven't had this opportunity. So, I even tell friends that are just divorced like go out with some people that like you're not even all that into just so you get some practice. Go out with somebody and then tell her, "I'm sorry, I'm not really interested." Like that muscle has never been used probably before and you feel like you're like ruining this girl's life when in reality she's like, "Oh, thank you for being honest with me." Nobody's like that. So, it's like a muscle that you have to work and it's going to be really clunky along the way but like look you work on yourself for a year and you're like i've been at the gym i've been going to therapy The first girl you start dating like everything's going to come flooding back to you and like all your work is like for naught.
0: that makes total sense so what were you saying again that were the like the places that you went to so at what point were you like i gotta make new friends or i need to find a bigger social circle of single people like what was your process
1: It was hard because like, again, you try to go for your friends and you realize they're not really there for you either. They're not really reaching out like they are at first. But DivorcedOver40.com was a great group, free group that just like they have a meetup in every city. Pretty much every city in the United States now has a group like this. So just going there, you meet one person, guy or woman that like you can talk to just like takes the edge off a little bit. But yeah, it's tricky. And I mean, I think that was a big reason I ended up starting WTF divorce is because the isolation is just brutal. And like just seeing people online, you know, you follow somebody and you see their stories and you kind of like develop a casual friendship with them. Seeing other people, which is kind of what I created as like a little community for divorced people, was helpful just because you don't feel so alone. And the other problem is when you're divorced, like, you do want your family and friends to be there for you, but then a lot of times you find yourself just like dumping on them and you don't really want that either. So I think there's what I'm learning is there's value to having like your almost like acquaintances, these new, they don't need to be your best friends. They could be your what do they say, friends for a reason and friends for a season. Right. Like just make a new group of friends. You don't have to be best friends with them, but just like find people that, you know, you can talk to that aren't as invested in your life. Well. Yeah.
2: Everything that you're saying is so in line with dating with grief. And I've actually wanted to say to Marnie, we should do yeah. an episode on dating while in grief because it's really like rebuilding your life and you're in this you know, really vulnerable state. You're alone. You don't want to dump on your friends all the time. They're kind of sick of hearing about it. And then there's those strangers that are on like Facebook groups for you know people in grief that you can kind of connect with or release some of your tension and pain with. But it's hard to share with the person that you're going on a date with about what you're going through because you don't want to scare them away just like you don't want to scare them away with your divorce shit. So it's a really tricky bridge to walk. And I really feel like it's so similar, you know, the loneliness, the kind of trying to restart and rebuild your entire life. You're a completely different person now, whether it's from divorce or whether it's from grief. So I guess I would ask you and ask Marnie, and maybe I would have answers for it by now, but I've been dating in grief for about a year and a half. And at the beginning, it was a lot more dumping on people. (laughs) and doing that thing like, whoa, I'm not your therapist. Yeah, And then slowly getting out of that. But then what seems to happen, I think, and I don't know if you would agree, but what seems to happen is if you don't put emphasis on the fact that you're in grief or going through a difficult divorce, then that person doesn't know what's really going on in your heart. And so it's like, am I creating someone that's not going to really truly understand me down the road because I didn't introduce it, how it was really feeling because I wanted to soften it for them and not scare them away? Or, you know, do you wait till you find that person who can just really be empathetic with you and go that direction? You know, because it is hard because basically like with the divorce or with grief, you're hiding a huge part of who you are now. And a whole part of dating is connecting on all these deep or different levels. And that's one of them. It's like you want to hide it, but you don't want to hide it. You're hiding it, but you're not hiding it. So it's like, you don't want to just date other people who are divorced. You can, and you don't want to just date other people who are in grief. I don't know if there's like a good grief dating group. I've not seen one myself, but I have exchanged some, I don't know, text with someone who's also lost their mother. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we're a match per se, but yeah, it's just there's a lot in line with what you're saying. It, and I really have empathy for people who are dating after divorce because of the situation that I'm in. It is an extreme, extreme loneliness. And how do you not come off clingy? How do you not come off needy? All of that stuff while also. I mean you guys this is where it differs I think for divorce is that you guys are probably horny as fuck <laughs> <laughs> like you probably want to just get to the first person that you can because you haven't had good sex in 7 years meanwhile when you're in grief sex is like the last thing on your mind mm. so I think like that's probably where it differs maybe sex is the first thing on your mind once you process the grief and you want someone close you want to feel a connection but at least you guys have that going for you, that you like have a sex drive.
0: That actually leads me to another question because I can totally see the parallel for the two. It's like, when do you bring things up? And I, I want to get to that in a second. But I had this one client who said he was just feeling really stuck when he was dating because he had had lack of sex. He had all of his stress and frustration with his divorce and he was still bowing with that because he has kids on a weekly basis, did not have an amicable divorce like you. And he said he started going and doing strip club therapy. And for him, that was really beneficial. Like he only did it twice and he just literally went so that he he could feel a freedom around sexuality, number one, but then also like feel even if it's fake to have that desire from a woman. Like that just sort of loosened him up. And I'm not advising to go and, you know, because that can become a, a negative, right? When you just go there and... In the real world, it doesn't really pan out the same way. But would you advise that for guys who are going through a divorce? Do you think it would be beneficial for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, coming from Vegas where strip clubs were a thing. We're right. And Kristen, <laughs> I, I want to talk about what you said because there's so many things that I hadn't even thought about that you brought up that were right. But I think basically you're going to learn by, like we said, banging your head against the wall. Like You're going to have to try stuff that you think is dumb or it's like, what a fool I just made of myself. You've got to just get those repetitions in because if you think you're going to meet the one, you don't even want to meet the one right away. I'm sure Kristen can vouch for this too. It's like, I met somebody really early on and she's like, "Uh, you're too new. I'm like, I wish I met you like a year later. Mm -hmm. So I think in those ways, it's good maybe to... I mean, it sounds bad to say lower your standards a little bit, but like just go out with some people that might not be the one and get those those reps in and guess what maybe she'll be into you and that'll like fuel you a little bit and then don't be a dick about it and ghost her but then find a way to like say maybe this isn't a good fit so i think whether it's going to the strip club or just dating not the person that you exactly want to or going on a few of those dates get some experience in because if you're like just holding on to something waiting for the seat apart it's not going to happen
2: Football is back, and if you made bets, you probably should be using betonline.ag because it is the number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, Tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 100%! You guys cannot pass that up. So make sure to go to betonline.ag and use your promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey?
0: <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you listen to the Askman podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic Approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to WingGirlMethod.com/flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to WingGirlMethod/slash. Flirty, and you'll find out all about it.
2: I have helped hundreds of men. Maybe we're into the thousands now. I don't keep that good of track of my numbers, but I know we're at the very high hundreds. I've helped so many men get their banter skills in shape so that they're able to get women off of the internet or off the street and onto a date. Guys that don't know how to talk or have rehearsed plan lines or bad pickup artist moves don't get the dates. Girls want authenticity. And I can teach you how to authentically banter, create attraction, flirt, tease, tease without offending her. I know that's a big thing you guys are always worried about. And be that smooth, easy breezy guy that you've always wanted to be. You can't do it unless you put in the work. So email me at kristen at and we'll work something out. I want you to get your banter skills in shape. And if it's not your banter skills, I can make you a kick-ass profile. I've got the eye for it, baby. I know what women are looking for and I get guys so many matches. Why let all those guys get the matches when you can get them too? So again, email me at kristen at kristinandchill.com and we'll figure out exactly what you need to get your dating game where it should be, which is way up high. Right now it might be ankle height, and unless you have really, really, really high ankles, that's not very high. So I'll hopefully see you at Kristenandchill.com.
0: I wanted to talk to you about where you said how to rebuild your confidence when dating after divorce. What did? you do other than joining these groups like what else did you do in tandem with getting out there finding other people who were divorced to talk to were there other things that really helped you rebuild your confidence because i say to guys you're going from a we to an i right and you have to figure out that i first so what was a part of that journey
1: for you yeah, I struggled with it in the beginning for a while, especially when your ex is starts dating somebody and then you get all of that. It wasn't even jealousy that like somebody's with her, it was just that imbalance of like, well, I don't have somebody now. I mm-hmm. want to get somebody just to like that'd be easier. But I think it's something that you guys have talked about like finding ways where you can like be a part of a group and be become like a leader. And that was something that I saw an opportunity for. I was like, here's a way I can just throw myself into something and help other people. It was a divorce group, but it could be anything. It could be like, start coaching maybe your kid's team. Just find a way where you can get fueled by other things. And yeah, again, it's going to take time too. You're going to just... That first year, we all think like, I should have it together by now. But And I'm sure it's the same with dealing with grief because mm-hmm. they are both grieving. It's like, easier said than done, but you just have to be patient with it and give yourself some grace that like, I'm just going to be kind of a little bit of a wreck right now. But in the meantime, if I can make like incremental progress, you know, we all think like, oh, I'm still not confident. I'm a disaster. But in reality, it's like, compare yourself to how you were three months ago. You're like, wow, I was a real mess back then. So have a little perspective and give yourself some grace that it's going to take time. And the problem with that is when you're dealing with grief too, it's the same kind of thing. Nobody else is going through what you're going through. So you're comparing yourself to married friends or like other couples when in reality you're dealing with your own shit so yeah i think it's important and you're, you're gonna end up dating women that are divorced too so that can create some kind of common ground too and it'll just i think dating is a really good way to get that confidence back and not like waiting till all right i'm ready to rock like just you know get some reps in for sure
2: but i definitely feel like i've become a little bit of this like silently i'm not publicly like posting it on my Instagram or anything but you really have to learn to love yourself and you know I know that in divorces people can say awful things and can either the man or the woman it doesn't matter you can go either way can say things to really hurt your self-esteem and to be that not nag but no, but
0: you have these beliefs about yourself because somebody close to you has been telling you this for so long. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. So you have to kind of re and it's I hate that shit. Like I hate kind of going down that road of like self-love, but it's really true. And so I I have struggled with that my whole life. So I bought a book recently just to like write down affirmations nice. and do a little manifestation. Of what it is that I want and how I see my life.
0: God, if we could go back to the first episode of the Ask Woman podcast, you would just see Kristen
2: as like this. Oh, manifesting. Oh, nah. gratitude, <laughs> oh I know. But it took my mom dying to get me here, and I've thought about that a lot. Like I would rather still be the person right. I was when we started the Ask Woman podcast and and be ignorant to all all of that and think, oh, that doesn't work. That's just a mumbo jumbo shit. But when you're desperate, you kind of do what you have to do. But I would say post-divorce, you know, building up that confidence. It's like having standards and having like lines that can't be crossed and almost having them written down. Like I will not do anything that disrespects myself, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's like, if you do, of course, want to go on dates with people that aren't really the ones that you're super interested in. That is great for building up that muscle. But then eventually learn to have the standards that you deserve. And it doesn't just come with who you date, but with everything that you do or how someone you're dating is treating you. You know, if they're treating you like an afterthought, be aware that that's how your ex-wife treated you. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. So look out for red flags that you're going down the same path that you were before or you're letting the woman walk all over you like you Mm -hmm. did with your wife Mm -hmm. things like that yeah and check in with yourself check the book or check where you wrote it down i love that and see oh wait a second i let myself slip there okay i'm gonna focus on this and make this a priority
0: Well, this is your second chance to do everything better or different, or, you know, you get your fresh start. That's the positive spin to looking at divorce. So piggybacking on what Kristen was saying, when you do start dating, or actually, even when you're into dating after divorce, even if you're dating a woman who's divorced, like, how much do you talk about it? Because it's very different from dating your 20s. Like nobody wants to be sitting across from a downer who's always talking about the negatives, but like, is it more appropriate when somebody else is also divorced to commiserate on those things? Or is there like a time and a place for that stuff? And then you have to switch over to the fun dating side. How do you navigate that? Or what would you advise to people who are trying to navigate that?
1: Yeah, I know how people would do it wrong. I would go on dates and I would be like, you're out just because of like the negativity or trashing your ex. Well, it's like something that like I get you want to do. You got to be able to hold that together. And you're also like presenting yourself in front of the other person. How are they going to talk about me? So I think a first date, I always say, is almost not even like a date. It's just like a meet, you know, like see if this is going to be somebody that you're going to want to talk to about. Have, like you said, like a little script, like, you know, it didn't work out. I learned a lot of things from it. We both had our faults. And already you sound like you got your shit together, like you're a respectable person.
0: Wait till day three when they hear the real truth, right?
1: Well, and that's true. I mean, that's the thing. You kind of like, you have to ease into it. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I'm dating somebody now and the beginning is like that high. It's like that honeymoon phase. Whereas like later on, it's like, all right, now we're going to get real. We're going to talk about the real shit. And like, you want to have a foundation by then. But yeah, in the beginning, don't spew out too much terrible stuff but also like check the temperature on it like how do they react just be curious all the time and listen a lot try not to be the one just talking the whole time but it's very tricky because you've got two people dealing with this loss and they're completely different but like now you're merging them and she probably has kids and I have kids so it's it's very complicated there's a lot of like nuance to uh, divorce dating that I admittedly, like when I'd watch your videos, I'd be like, Oh, must be nice. If I could just like, Hey, Tuesday, what are you doing? It could be as much as like, what date do you have next Thursday? Sorry, I got kids baseball game. How about two weeks from now? And then I'm like, what the hell am I even doing? if We can't meet in the next two weeks. So.
0: So that actually leads to my next question. Like, it's not is the dating process slower, but like, do you kind of have to be more patient with it? Like... Even just having that understanding on your end, I think is really good. But there's a lot of guys who are dating women who are divorced, who may not be divorced themselves or may not have kids, right? So that they may perceive the, oh, I have my kids this weekend, or I have to be on call this weekend for my kids. How do guys navigate that space? And like, what should they know about dating women that are divorced? like things that may not be present with women who just are not divorced, have no kids, like where are those differences and what are some patterns of things that women do that are still saying I'm interested, but like I have this going on. How do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got to be patient for sure. You got to have a calendar because like as a divorced person, you got to know your days and you got to be planning more and have understanding of that. And then there's the whole like if she has kids... What's my role going to be? So I think a lot of it is just like following her lead, but also, you know, like you guys talked about, not getting run over and falling into the patterns that you were in before, because she's got her own shit probably too. And if she's going to put that on you, you know, that's not a, a spot you want to be in. So being open to it, but really like having boundaries and being able to express it. As a most people out of divorce, they were swallowing a lot of shit, especially at the end of their marriage, not saying what they meant. So. Like Kristen was saying, when somebody does something you don't really like, here's your chance now for the first time. Whereas before you just be like, oh, it's not even worth bringing up. Marnie, I didn't really like, you know, this is going to sound terrible. But when I called you and we had plans and you blew me off on that, it made me a little frustrated, you know, express it because then you'll see how the other person reacts. And if she flips out, you know, you're getting all these like, having to learn what red flags are and kind of like, Throw your fishing line in every now and then to test them because there's going to be a lot more like of these complications. And if you end up dating somebody that like just can't handle them, you're going to want to like, you know, that's something I, I learned from uh, Dr. Robert Glover. He wrote the book mm-hmm. No More, so no more Mr. Nice Guy. guy. Yeah. And one of his lines, he's been divorced twice, is it's okay to be a bad picker, but you have to become a good ender. Mm-hmm. And most people that are divorced, kind of suck at ending things. It's usually <laughs> five years ago they wanted to do it, or maybe they shouldn't have even married this person, but somehow they ended up there. So that's a muscle that like dating after divorce, you really gotta screw up, meet the wrong people, sleep with somebody that you shouldn't have, go out with somebody a few times. But like when you see the red flags, you've got to know like, man, I really don't like that. And before I would just accept it, and now I gotta put my foot down. And when you do it, that's where you get your confidence because usually the other person respects that you said it, or if she doesn't, you're like, we're not a match. So like...
0: Well, that's also where you get to see if red flags are really red flags, because this is just from your past experience and perception, right? A woman you're dating could make a flippant comment, right? But you don't really know her fully at that Mm -hmm. point. So you don't really know the context behind her comment because it may have landed on you inappropriately. I think when you do sort of speak up and say where you're coming from, and then you see how that whole situation unfolds after, that's when you can decide things. Like, Because let's say a woman that you're dating does something, right? That's kind of rude. Many people would say that's a red flag. She does this and she's out. But Mm -hmm. I really believe it's like how people handle situations and whether they can grow and shift to work with you that really says if something's a red flag. So I think exactly what you said before, when something bothers you, you can bring it up and say like, Hey, you know, like love hanging out with you. We get along really well. I do want to bring up something that happened last week when I blah, 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 blah. I felt like always putting it on yourself. I felt this way and I didn't feel very good. And then if the woman either kind of freaks out or she doesn't, she's not receptive to what you're saying, or maybe she's not receptive in that moment, but comes back and speaks to you about it. Like... My point is that you get to see who that person is, right? And but if you mm-hmm. don't speak up, you never really get to see who that person is. I had uh, one of my best friends from high school was here this weekend and he's been married I think for 10 years and he was saying they're having some challenges now because in the beginning he was very beta with her. He was very enamored by her and everything I was like sure, we'll do that. Sure, it doesn't bother me. And when they got married, things sort of shifted and he started putting his foot down. He got a bit more confidence. He wasn't as, you know, enamored by her anymore. It was more real. And that's where much of their struggle is happening right now. And they're trying to figure out how to navigate that. So I think what you're saying and what I'm hearing is that, you know, divorce is a second chance that you can get a refresh and a restart. And you should be restarting in the way that helps you and serves you the best moving forward
1: you see a lot of guys get in trouble. A lot of men you see engaged six months later. And there's a reason for it. The one is he's probably just excited somebody's sleeping with him again and it's not his ex. The other could be like, he can't handle his kids by himself. Yeah. But like, I think getting like divorce is an opportunity and second divorce rates are even higher than first divorce rates for probably various reasons. Oh, But to me, dating after divorce, like your main goal is like, let me not step into that, try not to step into that trap Mm -hmm. again, that same habit. I clearly wasn't seeing things the right way. I need to be able to spot red flags better. I need to speak up for myself quicker. And like that is something you should be thinking about before, you know, because once you're dating somebody for six months, a lot of times it's like, you're getting married or you're breaking up. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's a path that, how a lot of marriages start. But after divorce, you don't have to be in that setup.
2: Exactly. So... I was just thinking about the age range of women that guys tend to want to date post-divorce. And I would just guess that they want to date 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 25-year-olds. And that, I would assume, would be something out of the gate. And then eventually, they work their way back into their own age range do you advise guys to kind of go after the young ones to begin with and get that out of their system? Or maybe that's who they want to remarry. Do you advise them going after younger girls at this point? Because it, it just seems like your, your lives are yeah. so opposite. You know, like, to me, it doesn't seem like a great idea. I can see the desire behind it, the freshness, you know, the non decrepitness. it's not as pessimistic, all of that kind of stuff. But that person doesn't share this maturity, you know, wisdom from going through life. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I think a lot of guys are like, I'm gonna date the 28 year old. And guess what? The 28 year olds aren't as interested as you think, especially when you tell them you have kids and you're divorced and maybe she wants kids. There's another one. Like I quickly learned, like, oh, I was dating somebody and she's like, oh, I'm really would like to have kids. I was like, whoa, like I don't know if we should continue this way. But yeah, I think a lot of guys and we date out of ego. We want the young hot girl just to like inflate ourselves and our own self-worth. But your filters start pretty wide on the apps when you start. You're like, "Hey, 25 to 40, let's go," even though you're 47 or whatever. And then I think it starts to you narrow them. And you learn that like while the idea of that is fun and sexy and you can tell your friends about it and maybe you get a fling out of it like It's not the reality. So, like, you're going to end up wanting to be with somebody that can relate to your life, and a lot of that's not going to be the 28 year old that looks great on the profile pic. But that's all it is. It's just like an Instagram post. Yeah, surface level.
0: Really, what I hear that you're saying is like, when you get divorced, like dive in and try everything and see what works, right? And so dive into online dating, but don't get discouraged if it crashes and burns right away. Try different women, date the opposite, date the same. Like, it's just explore. This is your whole period of time to figure out again who you are. Magellan of divorces. There yes. you
2: go. You're an explorer. Totally. And
1: you hear women say it too. Women are like, I don't really want a serious... I mean, even that's a thing too. It's like you assume as guys, we assume everybody wants a boyfriend, wants a husband. I would go out with the women and they'd be like, I actually don't want that. This casual is fine. And I was like, really? I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: That's where my girlfriends were right after divorce. Yeah. But also, I think it also depends what causes the divorce. So the couple of girlfriends that I have had who are divorced, were cheated on so like for them they were happy in their marriages Mm, and then found out this big blow and they're like i don't want to be close to anybody anymore they're gonna burn me again so they they were Mm -hmm. like yeah i just want to have sex and casual nothing serious like that was too scary so i think it like it does matter what happened in your divorce as well and your age range and how many kids you have and how old your kids are it's like what you have the freedom to be able to do
1: And be open about it. It's something that you don't do when you're single the first time around. You're kind of like saying the things that they want to hear. When you're divorced, like our time is limited, anyways. Be like, look, I'm really not looking for anything serious. Oh, I'm not either. All right, let's go. Oh, I actually am. All right, nice knowing you. And maybe you have a friend, you know, you meet people that way, but yeah, you don't have the same, like your time is more limited. So you want to be a lot more intentional.
2: Do your standards go up or down after divorce? Because like I kind of picture them to go down because it seems like it's like, you know, at the beginning of your life, everything is up. You know, we're going this direction and this is the future and, da, 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 and this is the person I'm looking for. And then it seems like maybe you're just like, I just want a chill lady who fills the void mm-hmm. a little bit, which is not great. But is that the case where standards go up or down? I would imagine them to go down.
0: Eventually. That's not about standards. That's just like your excitement level or your...
2: Well, it's more like what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I dated a guy who had a daughter and I think he really liked me, but I think I also filled this void in, you know, he wanted mother, father, (laughs) daughter. And so it was almost like I was a cardboard cutout and you could just take me and move me over and fill me in with someone else. And I felt like that was his standards going lower. And I only say lower because we didn't have a lot in common Mm -hmm. when it came to a lot of things. So it's like, basically, I'm kind of trying to say to the guys listening, don't lower your standards.
0: I don't think what happens is people lowering their standards, unless they're trying to just couple up because of insecurity and fear. I think it's just they just realize what they actually need in a partner, which can be very different from your 20s. In your 20s, you want your partner to be everything. Plus, you want them to have some sort of like drive and ambition and all these things. And once you get to be 40, you may even be past that phase, right? Where like you've got your own stuff. It's just, it's less pressure for all. And it's more about focusing on like, what do I really want in a partner? And like your needs may be different. Like even for myself and my husband, my needs now compared to my needs when I met him are totally different. Not that my standards are lower, but I wanted a lot more excitement in the beginning. I want a little excitement now, but I actually crave more emotional connection. And that's something we work on together. But I would just say it's just different. Maybe that's my assumption because also maybe I'm also coming from like a more confident space saying this. I think if you're, confidently dating, you're in a good space. And I may be putting words into your mouth, Rob, but like, I just feel like you're more like, this is just really what I want. I want someone who's like, is okay with me going to a baseball game every Sunday with my guy friends and like wants to sit on the couch and chill on Saturdays and maybe we'll go out once in a while. Like, I just feel like those are the ones. Yeah, that, that's just it's different. different. It's not right. lowering.
1: Yeah. You don't even know really what you want when you come out of a divorce either. You're like, you probably just don't want your ex is really what yeah. you want. So if she was this way and really naggy and this one's chill, you're like, oh, this is great. But she's got her you. own issues too. Right. right. So like, that's why you have to get to know people and like give it the space to do it and then to peace out. Like This is not like the one. You're not going to know who that person is right away because you are working on yourself and going through shit. So like, yeah, try not to go get engaged in that first year because you're probably not thinking straight.
0: Is one thing that you learn really after divorce is that everybody kind of has their own shtick. Like, I know that there's this dream or perception like, oh, I'm not going to have any of these challenges. And I'm going to find a girl who won't be annoyed if I do X, Y, and Z. Like, ultimately, it kind of always leads into that space, right? Because just everybody has their own... Thing, I guess I'm not really asking a question. I'm more making a statement. It is about arming yourself with that knowledge and then tools to help you navigate that a bit better. Would that sound accurate? Like everybody has shit?
1: Yeah. I mean, and you can disguise that, I think, more in your 20s when you're single with no kids. Like you can put on your best face. But look, when you're divorced, you got baggage. We all do. You know, you have kids, like you have an ex, you have all these things. So, definitely nobody's going to be perfect, but that's when you start to be discerning like, this bothers me. This I can deal with when she does this. And guess what? I can tell her. And that's the other piece of dating after divorce. Like, I'm with my kids all the time. Sometimes I'm going to need my space too. And that can be a tricky thing. So, like, finding space for yourself, Mm -hmm. for your kids, and for your girlfriend is tough to navigate, but like, you got to be with somebody that understands that and respects it. And maybe she's got that too. So, like, Yeah, you really do have to, I don't want to say lower your standards, open them up, but then like figure out what really matters to you.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. It sounds like there's a lot of communication and it does sound like after divorce, it's easier to date somebody that's also been through that and if you have kids, it's also like, it's just like you just get each other differently. This doesn't mean you always have to get each other, but like either somebody that respects that you have kids or somebody who also has kids, even though it makes it more challenging because it's double the amount of juggling. But it's tough to navigate.
1: They can be both hard, yeah. right? Because logistically, if they've got kids and you've got kids, you're now looking at like a bullseye to try and meet on the same time. Yeah. But at the same time, I would go out with women in the beginning that like their kids were in college and they're like, you're just not available enough. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're going to probably tend to somebody in a similar situation than you. But just like, no, like just because they have kids your age, don't go connect with them right away because yeah, you've just got to be curious and explore with people, like open it up, but then be willing to like shut the door, which is something that like takes practice.
0: Yeah. One final question. Woman that you're seeing now, did you meet her through one of these meetups?
1: No nope, dating apps, like everything. Oh,
0: dating apps. Okay.
1: An interesting piece of this, and I watched a video about it. She kind of friend me in the very beginning. She was brand new, fresh, which to me, I was like, I really don't even want to be the first, anyways. What? But like, I was like, oh, here's an opportunity where I can like be cool, be like, all right, we'll talk when we talk, and we touch base a little. But like, we could develop a little bit of a friendship, and I could prove that I was a person I say I am. She could get stuff out of her system. I would date too. But yeah, it's like the things like you're in the friend zone. That's it. Like that's why I say with dating, like you're really looking for connections, and then if there's chemistry too, you can pursue it. But like you've got to just be a lot more open minded about things. Not like up, oh, this person's not hot. They're out. Like you're gonna have a really yeah,
0: you're gonna have a tough time dating
1: small pool of people. Yeah. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually, for one more second, maybe talk about that friend zone a little bit more. How it actually could be good for you. Because I think it's really great to have a you know a base of friendship. How do you navigate you know the friend zone of it's okay to be friends in the beginning when dating after divorce, but not being too friendly so that she doesn't see you as an option? How did you navigate that?
1: Yeah, I mean you got to be really conscious. A lot of guys get in trouble because they're just over texting, and then that kind of neediness comes off not well. So. It could be like, hey, tell me about your date, and then you're talking about your date, and she sees that you're out there with other people. You're not rubbing it in her face, and you're, you know, taking some time where you're not. I'm not going to talk to you for a few days. Like, create some distance because, like, as you guys have talked about, it's much more attractive, you know, when there's a little bit of a chase when there is some space. And look, you know, if you do end up in the friend zone with somebody, that person might have a friend that like is great for you there is value to having friends and like, don't try to force it. This person, you know, I ended up a lot of my like closest friends after divorce were women. And like, I didn't intend to go that way, but quickly we're like, and this is like, you seem cool to hang out with, but you're not my person. Why can't we be friends? And then maybe they'll introduce me to somebody or I'll be out with them. Look, what's more attractive than like a guy at Mm -hmm. the bar talking to other women And then other women see that and your status goes up because you've got something going on. So don't just discount it if you're like putting the friend zone and be all like, meh.
0: Yeah, it can be an asset for you. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. All right, Rob, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about dating after divorce. I feel like we just like literally scratched the surface, which is why they can go listen to your podcast, which is WTF Divorce. You talk about all this stuff every single week. In fact, you I think you put out three episodes a week, which is a lot. Like Kristen and I would die. WTF. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, we chunk them down. They're like five minutes each because we're like, people don't have time for the whole episode. So so give them what they want. And like, let's keep moving. Like Instagram, TikTok, our attention spans are shrunk to nothing. So so yeah, WTF Divorce. I appreciate anybody going to check it out that's going through it.
0: Yes, definitely go and check out this podcast. If you are going through a divorce, if you are contemplating divorce, like this is a huge asset for you to find out exactly how to navigate that space. Thank you for coming onto the show and thank you for doing that crash course last year. Again, guys, if you want to go check out the crash course, it's in the Wing Girl Method members area and you can access it there. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. Don't waste your time downloading single episodes of our shows because you'd be spending that time at a singles mixer or at a dating after divorce mixer instead of downloading our shows. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.